If you will, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans. We talked about a twisted world. We'll be talking about that the next couple of weeks. Our world has become twisted. If we do not recognize the twist, we get caught up in the twisted world. And so my goal is to share some things which has been twisted that gets us in trouble. And that causes us grief and heartache and pain. So what has happened to this thing called authority? We discovered last week that uh, the problem for the twisted world is a person named Satan. And Jesus said very clearly and very plainly in a very straightforward manner, he is the master deceiver and the master destroyer of life. He deceives people. That's what he does. Have you ever thought so amazingly how in heaven, where all the angels could see God face to face, experience the fullness of his glory, the overwhelming appearance of his majesty and sit in view of his power that these angels who had beheld such an amazing thing could be deceived by one of the archangels to rebel against the creator and their creator. And yet we're told in scripture that Lucifer now known as Satan, actually deceived a third of the angels who had seen God face to face to rebel. They lost their state. They were kicked out of heaven, and they're destined for an eternity in the lake of fire. That's where they're going to be. Now, if he could manage to deceive those who had seen God face to face, Don't you think he's pretty good at deceiving us who've never seen God face to face? That's why we've got to be careful. That's why I'd be be observant and alert because he really is good. And what he does is he twists things to where he gets us in trouble because that's what he wants to do. He doesn't like us. He doesn't even want us to have fun. He entices us to certain pleasures and sins so that we can have to pay for it. Kind of a sick person, sick angel, yeah. So in doing that, I want to talk about one thing today that he has managed to really do a great job in. And that is uh, twisting authority and how we deal with authority. Authority is a big deal to God. He makes it clear from the very beginning to the very end, authority is a big deal with him. Authority is rank and file. It's having someone that's over someone else, and and that's how authority works. There are those that have been given authority. There's those who are under authority. There's levels of authority. So let's look at chapter 13, verse 1, and I want to read this to you. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority, not some authority, not Parts of authority, not the ones we like, the ones we agree with, but all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Verse 1, so verse 2. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. You need to let that sink in. Because perhaps here's one of the more subtle twists that Satan has managed to accomplish in our culture and in our world. In the time of Jesus in the 21st century today in your time. He's 
managed to mess up this thing called authority. Authority is when someone gives you rules or principles, expectations, boundaries. Their authority gives them the position, the power to do that. How we respond to that is what he's talking about here. Young man, been kind of aggravated with his mom and his dad because they would tell him, you got to take out the trash and you got to clean up your room and, and, and you got to study for those tests. And, and they just was always telling him what to do. Had to be in by 12 o'clock at night. And so he's kind of getting mad about it and frustrated about it because they're always telling him what to do. And so when he turns 18, he comes in with a piece of paper, lays it on the kitchen counter and says, just want to tell you, I'm 18 now. You can't t- tell me what to do anymore. I'm going to go where they won't anybody tell me what to do anymore. I'm going to join the Army. <laughs> well, there was his IQ test. Yeah, Mom and Dad ain't going to tell you what to do, but that sergeant is going to have a ball with you. Yeah. You see, there's authority in life. You don't get away from authority. You may try to trade it off. But that's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to respond to it. And so in doing that, the twisted truth about authority is this. That Satan has convinced us it's more about the what than the who. What are they asking you to do? Not who's asking you to do it. What are they asking you to do? Not who's asking you to do it. You see, the Bible places the emphasis on the who. Who's asking you to do what you what you've been told. Satan says, oh, don't worry about the who. Let's talk about the what. Let's evaluate the what and see if we like the what. Because if we don't like the what, we don't have to do it. If we disagree with the what, we'll disregard the what. doesn't matter who said it. And yet the Bible makes it clear it's more important of the, the who than the what. But that's a little twist. Because we've kind of grown up thinking, I can evaluate the what I've been asked to do. And if I don't like it, I just won't do it. Wrong. It's not about the what, it's about the who. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book, doesn't it? Here we go. Uh, The first thing I want you to get is authority reveals God's hand at work in us and for his kingdom. It says here that God has established and instituted authorities to accomplish something for our lives and for his kingdom. And that's why they're there. So when I disregard authority, I'm probably getting in an area that God doesn't want me to get in. Now, he's instituted three identities. He's established three institutions. All right. The first one was the home, Genesis chapter 2. God established that. And in so doing, he set up a rank and file. Husband's head of the woman. Husband and wife, as parents, are head of the children. The children are over the dog and the cat. Okay? That's it. Or the hamster, whatever you may have. All right? Now, then he established government, Genesis 9. And he put in the idea there must be something to, to, to set up boundaries for prevention of sin and protection against sin. And that's why we have government. Now, God has established this knowing that 
Uh, not all governments have been God-fearing. Not all God, governments are, are godly. Some are, have been horrible. But God has established the institution. People, kings, presidents, uh, monarchs determine how they will respond to truth and whether they will listen to the voice of God or the voice of Satan. Many have listened to the voice of Satan. History can give you many, many examples. All right? Even in the Roman Empire, when Paul is talking that you must submit to governing authorities, he's telling Christians, honor the Roman Empire. Honor the, honor the Caesar. Now, we're going to talk about the disagreement in a minute. But submit when they tell you to pay taxes, pay your taxes. When that Roman soldier says, I want you to carry my, my stuff for a mile, you carry it a mile. You do what you're asked to do. You see, they're there for our protection. He established the government. Also, he established the church in Acts 2, where he just established leadership that flows. So there's a chain of authority in the Scripture. There's God who is the ultimate authority. And then there's going to be government, church, and home. Now, the reason being is when something happens in the home that's wrong, you can appeal to the authority of the church. And the church should come to your aid and protection. And God has established it to do so. If there's something going wrong in the church or the home, and the, or something in the home and the church doesn't deal with it, then you go to the governing authorities. And they deal with it. And then, if, then you're always appealing to the highest authority through prayer, and that's God. Asking for his intervention, interceding. Now, if the government is wrong, if the government says, as in Hitler's day... You gotta kill Jews. The Bible says you're not supposed to commit murder. So you now appeal to the higher authority, and you now have God's blessing to disregard the government in violating his greater laws. Y'all understand that? All right, that's real important. Okay? If your parents say, I want you to go out and steal stuff, you don't go out and steal stuff because Number one, the law says it's illegal, first authority. Then the second authority, the next authority, the ultimate authority, God says you shouldn't steal. So you disobey that. Now, that doesn't mean you get to riot, burn your house down. It means you say, I cannot do that because God says I can't. The, the police say I can't. Now, in Paul's day, when they were told that they had to worship Caesar... He said, you, you obey your government until they, comp- until they conflict with your obedience to God. And God's laws have been clearly written. And so he said, I don't want you to commit idolatry. There's only one God. There's no other God, only one. And so when they said, you've got to say that Caesar is Lord, the Christian would say, I cannot do that. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. When they said, I cannot say Caesar is Lord. They had to be willing to accept the consequences of their disobedience because they were honoring God. And the consequences were severe. They were fed to the lions. They were taken from their homes. They were burned at the stake. A lot of things were bad. But Paul says you've got to honor the position. You don't honor the person. And when they conflict with me, you yield to me. 
and trust me with the results. See, that's the thing. And I'm gonna, yeah, I want to get to that in a minute. Okay. So authority is God's hand at work in us and through his kingdom. God is moving us to an eternal end with all he's promised. But in that journey, there's many things that will happen. And some of those things are governments. And some of those are jobs you don't like. And sometimes even parents that are not good. But in the midst, he says, I want you to honor what I've established and then know when to disobey. But do not disobey because you don't like something. Let me give you some examples as we look at this. Because here's what we need to know. If you rebel, rebellion is what God has established is the, is the trademark of Lucifer. Authority is for our good and for our growth. Sometimes the, the things that aren't right are flowing down because God's trying to make us stronger or sharper or more experienced. He's trying to teach us something in the midst of our trial, even mistreatment, okay? So when it comes down to it, God works through human authority, and the people of authority are agents of God's plan. The twist is that Satan has deceived people in believing that the what is the issue and not the who. If you don't like it, I don't have to do it. Do you realize I, I was, I was kind of struck by this. I was, I was uh, looking, looking at this. And, uh, since the super speeder law has been in effect, you know what the super speeder law is? Go 15 miles over 70. If you go 85 to 70, that's super speeding. If you go 70 to 55, that's super speeding. And, and, uh, so, and, and what we know is that they have issued just under 230,000 super speeder tickets in Georgia. That's not in counting for the grace of the policeman that says, you were doing 15, I'm going to write it for 10. You say, how do you know they do that? None of your business. <laughs> so... Well, what I'm saying is this. Here's the thing. The fine is $200 extra, okay? Not to mention the interest. But so here's the thing. They've set this boundary because they're trying to protect people from dying from driving too fast. And I really, I really work now. I, set my, I do set my cruise control. I try to really work. I really, dear God, help me to work within the framework of what you've established. I, I do work on that. Didn't always do that, but I try very diligently to do that. Um, and, and so what I, but, but what I know is we don't regard that because we think it's okay. I, I want to go fast. I, I'm in a hurry. I've got to get somewhere, so we disobey. Right now we're talking about the thing of texting and driving. It's now against the law to text while you drive, but people will text all the time while they're driving. The law is to protect you from killing someone or killing yourself. Injuring someone, but we're going to disregard the law because whatever I think is important in the moment is more important than what God has uh, established as government to do for my well-being. Now let's get to the home. When we get to the home, uh, you know, uh, uh, parents are going to tell their children, you guys, listen, I, I, man, I love you guys. Y'all are an awesome youth group, uh, and I want to make sure you don't mess up in your journey becoming adults. One of the things you learn is how to really value the authority of your parents. And your parents come and tell you things. And they give you guidelines and boundaries. And they say, well, the what is, I don't agree with the what, so I'm just going to do what I want to do. You'll mess up. Because now you're moving into the twisted world. 
And then you'll go to your job and do the same thing, and you'll get fired. And you'll, and you'll, you'll violate uh, 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 your text while you drive and end up having to pay a fine, or you'll hurt someone and feel regret the rest of your life. You see, those things are there to protect us. And yet Satan has said, ah, oh, you ain't got that. Hey, it don't matter who's asking you what to do. It's if you like it or if you don't like it. It's the what. No, it's not the what. It's the who. And the who starts with God who said, here's what I want you to do with authority. When your parents say, I want you to be in at 11 o'clock or 12, I was an 11 o'clock guy myself. My kids had 11 o'clock. My girls, 11 o'clock. There was exceptions. They'd sit down and we'd talk about them. They'd appeal and they'd say, look, I know it's 11 o'clock, but here's what's going on. Okay, let, let, me, let me look at it. We'll talk about it. Okay, we'll go this time. I did that because I wanted to stay out of trouble. I wanted to protect them. If they disregard that, more than likely, that rebellion will lead to some kind of trouble. Just protection. Churches, same thing, man. God's established structure of authority. Starts with a pastor, goes down through staff, down to the church. And yet I think one of the tragedies of the church today is that most churches deal with the what rather than the who. And end up paying a great price. Because that's just what the devil wants to do. Because he gets the position where we can't win. You say, how do you know that? In Genesis. <laughs> in Genesis. He went to Eve and he talked about the what, not the who. That's what he always does. What's going on? Look at this tree. It's great. Why don't you get the fruit off this tree? It'd be great for you. You'll enjoy it, the benefits of it. And she said, but God has said we can't do that. Oh, don't worry about it being God. Let's worry about what it is he's asking you to do. He's asking not to eat the fruit. It's okay to eat the fruit because the fruit will be good for you. You'll know the knowledge of good and evil. We talked about this last week. The fruit will be good for you. He hasn't changed in thousands of years. He uses the same lines on us, just use different situation. doesn't matter who has said it. It's what you want to do. And, and you've determined that fruit looks good to your eye. And you've already begun to let your taste buds wrap around it and your mouth's watering for it. Go for it. Because it's about the what. And you don't think the what's fair. It isn't fair that you can... Have every tree of the garden but one? That's not fair. So let's have all of the fruit in the garden. Eat of every tree. He got Eve to evaluate the what. And she made a bad decision. And we know where that ended up. We're all paid for it. God used a pagan government, Rome, in an unbelieving and an unbelieving governor named Pilate to accomplish his eternal purpose to save us. Because that's what brought the crucifixion of Christ. But it had an eternal purpose. God uses authority to prepare us for what's around the turns of life we cannot see. That's why they're there. There's authority in the in, in his authority from the word. Authority in government, authority in the, in the church, authority in the home to get us ready for the turns of life that we cannot see. And so in doing so, we respond 
and say, I, I, I will honor authority. I will obey those, those rules that do not conflict with God, those, those requirements that do not conflict with God, those things that do not conflict with God. Now, it doesn't mean if it conflicts with what I want, that's not the issue. I know we like to make it the issue. It's not what I want. Therefore, I don't want to do it. Not the issue. That's what the devil wants you to believe. It's what God has established to protect us in the long run, to get us ready for that next turn. If we mess up, we're not ready for the next turn. Sometimes we may have to take a detour because we didn't follow authority. Sometimes our life becomes a wreck because we don't follow authority. The authority of God's word, the authority of of, of government, the authority of the church, the authority of the home. I'm amazed how much disrespect for the authority there is today. We say, I ain't got to do that. I want you to know it's important because authority reveals God's hand at work. And if I reject and dismiss authority, I am now rejecting God's hand at work in my life and for his kingdom. And I complicate things in my life that I may not can undo easily. God still loves me. That deep, deep love is always working. But here's the thing I've noticed about this. When we, when we evaluate the what, it's amazing that when we decide to uh, disregard authority, the consequences come, we blame the authority. You get, you're taking a test, and you cheat. You get caught cheating, and you say, well, it's not my fault. The test was too hard. I had to cheat. Oh, no, it was your fault. Should have studied harder. You, you see what we do? Uh, it's not my fault because uh, I, I think that was unfair. Can't believe I lost my job because I took a two-hour lunch. I know they said it was an hour, but I was just hungry. You see how it works? I've watched it all my life. I've watched it in people. And I know, but I know more than they do. God hadn't put you in that place. So evidently, he doesn't think you do yet. May I say to you, I am, uh, my children are wonderful. And I'm going to tell you, I think every one of my children are smarter than me. They're all, I think they are. I mean, I got, I got one that's got a degree from tech in Georgia. You can get, you can tell which one you think really made him smart. I don't know. But, but, and I got one from uh, the, the degree in law, uh, justice, and, and then uh, uh, one's got a uh, degree in communication, and they're, they're amazing. They're, doing, they're incredible. But I want you to know what I'm saying. And, and you guys, because of technology and your exposure and education, you know a lot. And actually, you may be smarter than your parents, but you don't know more than your parents. Big difference. You don't know more. So how's that? Because I know more than my children because I'm older than them. I've had experiences in life. I've seen things they've never seen. I, I understand things that they don't understand. And while they may be smarter than me, they don't know more than me. And that's why God's let me be their parent. When uh, I, I remind this often because sometimes they don't listen to me like they should, even now. And you go, look... Uh, when we, were, we all decided to go eat out one night and we're going to Fox Brothers in Atlanta and, and uh, 
I had never been there. I didn't know the way, so my son was telling me how to get there. And, and we're, it's Atlanta on Friday. It's about 6, 6.30. And, and I'm realizing my children haven't got a clue. They have not yet realized at all that we're driving by businesses with bars on the windows. Okay? Bars on the windows means there's some kind of crime problem in this area. All right? We're going down Auburn Avenue, which is... On every Friday night, somebody gets shot in Auburn Avenue. I am panicking. I'm going, guys, we got, you know, I'm trying to get through red light. I'm trying to, I don't want, if the light's yellow, I'm going. I don't want to stand still in this area. We go through areas where there's gang graffiti all over the bridges. They haven't got a clue. They say, what's wrong with you, Dad? Do you not realize where we are? Atlanta? No, man, we're... We are in a bad area. This area you don't want to be in when it gets dark. And they're going, oh, man, y'all, you're just crazy. See, they are smarter than me, but they don't know as much as I know. <laughs> Authority. There's some things I don't know. You know, it's easy to criticize our government. Hey, I'm not in all those meetings, guys. I'm not in all those rooms. I don't know what's really been said, what's really been done. Are they perfect? Is our government perfect? No. Do I agree with them? No, I don't agree with anything they do. But I'm not in the rooms where they're doing what they do. I'm not in the meetings. I don't know what all said. So I, I got to go, Lord, I'm trusting you that you're in control. Because the second, let me do this real quick. The second thing, real quick. Authority received reflects our heart and attitude toward God's purpose and power. Two things I want you to get of this. Authority received reflects our heart and attitude toward God's purpose and power. That's what he's saying in Romans. He says it in also 1 Peter 2.13. He says the same thing. Man, honor those who have been given authority over you because that's how you honor God. That's how you understand that God is in control. Look at this. It reflects our faith in God when we receive authority. When we disregard authority, we don't display our faith in God. We think God doesn't know what he's doing because he gave me this mom and dad that have rules for me to live by. That's just not make sense to me. Save your life if you listen. Keep you out of trouble. It reflects faith. You know, one of the great stories in the Bible is in Matthew 8 when a, 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 a Roman uh, soldier comes. He's, kinda, he, he's a man of authority. He has rank. And he comes to Jesus and said, I got a servant that's sick. I want you to heal him. I want you to listen to this great illustration. Jesus hears the guy and he says, okay, I'm ready to come to your house. This is a Roman. This ain't a Jew. This is a Roman that's heard about Jesus. And he says, I I just need you to do something for my servant. And he's sick. And Jesus said, let me go to your house. And here's what he said. He said, you don't have to come to my house. You can speak from where you are, and because of your authority, my servant will be healed. He said, I understand authority. I'm a man of authority. I'd say to my soldiers, you go and they go. I say to my slaves, you go and you go. I I, I tell them and they do because I'm an authority. You are an authority over everything I've seen happening in this world in the way of sickness and death. He said, I'm just going to tell you, you got to speak and it's done. And Jesus said, I've never seen a faith like this. This is awesome. This man does understand authority. You see, if we understand authority, 
we begin to get what God is trying to do in our lives. And the devil is trying to twist that so we never get it and we never get to what God's trying to do in our lives. We never grow in faith because we choose to make our own decisions based on sometimes, well, I don't like that, so I'm going to disobey it. And God says, you've just violated faith in, in your life. You've not, you've, your faith is not about the government's going to do everything right. The government isn't going to do everything right. But God always does what is right. And there'll come a time he'll intervene. The Bible says he makes governments rise and fall. That's not a hard thing for him. We think we got to do stuff. Uh, guys, it's not so. It also reflects our loyalty to God. We're loyal to God above all things. He's the ultimate authority. I will always appeal to his authority. And if the government says something other than what he says is right, I've got to go with him and, and suffer the consequences. Uh, and any other authority under that. And so that's what matters. You appeal to higher authority. We do it all the time. It's amazing. Kids learn this. They go to mom and say, Mom, can I have 10 bucks to do something? And she'll say, no, not right now. You know what they do? You know what they do? They go to dad. Dad, can I have 10 bucks? They didn't tell dad. They talked to mom, and he gives them 10 bucks, and he's in trouble with mom. No. Here's the they, We understand how it works. We just don't want to practice it. If, you are, if you're not sure about one authority, you can appeal to the other, but the other should say, hey, you know, God says this is right. Okay, then you need to do this. Rebellion against authority is a trademark of Satan. Make no mistake about it. Whether it's in the home, in the church, in the government, or whether you just directly disobey God's word. And the whole purpose of getting you to do that is so that you will destroy your life. You'll, you'll not grow in your faith. You'll, you'll become uh, disconnected in your fellowship with God. And that's not how it's meant to be. If there is no chain of authority, and this is why God established it, there would only be left chaos, and every man would do that which is right in his own eyes, Judges 21 25. And that's not a good world you want to live in. That's the, that's the kind of world the devil wants you to live in. That's not the world that God wants you to live in. It's very important. You know, I think about this, and I'll close with this. In the Garden of Eden, Eve did not like what God said about the fruit. And therefore, she disregarded his authority. She forgot about the who. And she said, well, I'm going to take this fruit. She took it to Adam. Adam said, we're going to take this fruit because, man, it's good. It no longer matter about the who, but the what. And they were cast out of the garden. Same thing that happened to Lucifer when he rebelled against God in heaven. He lost heaven. The good news for us was that God wanted to restore us. He's never going to restore the angels from their fallen state. He's made that clear. But for you and me, he wants to restore us. And so from that episode in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve blew it and they blew it for all of us and we were born that sinful nature that's prone to rebel and, and to disobey and to disregard God in every way. And so we do this and we go through life and yet it's amazing that it was in a garden that God restored everything the way it should be. It was lost in a garden but also became possible to be regained in a garden. For 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus, the Son of God, 
prayed and wept over what was before him. He'd had the last supper with his disciples. He'd been betrayed by Judas. The Roman soldiers were coming for him. He was going to be crucified. A horrible death. And he spends that last night before the Father. And he says, Father, is there any other way? I sure would like to let this cup pass. Cup of judgment. What it was. I'd like to let this cup pass, but it doesn't matter what I want. It's what you want. You see, Jesus was well aware of the who and not the what. He knew which was more important. And he said, I'll drink the cup. And he went to the cross. And he died to restore heaven to our lives. To restore the brokenness that was between God and me and God and you. To bring forgiveness for our sin. To bring restoration of our relationship to God the Father. To give us a new beginning with a different ending. All that was because in the garden he said, not my will but thine. I will submit to your authority. Authority has a purpose. And the end result is good because it brings us to God's eternal purpose. And Satan's tried how to figure out how to mess that up since he was in heaven. But the good news is in the second garden, Jesus made things right. 